defining moment for you, Saran, when you said, "Okay, um, I can't, I can't stay here. I've got to do something." Was was there a pivotal moment for you? There were two. You know, I had fought it. I tried to do all the church stuff. I heard all the people say all the church, you know, uh, scriptures. You know, mm-hmm. all things work together for the good mm-hmm. to them that love the Lord. Well, okay, you want to walk in these Not shoes? Not so much, right? Not so much right now, yeah. right? You mm-hmm. you walk in these mm-hmm. shoes and you quote that scripture. You know, God's not going to put more you than you can bear. All this stuff. The church stuff didn't help me. I kept looking for sermon. In this lonely walk, I kept looking for somebody, a preacher, a pastor. I mean, I just, I shut down from from Alabama football, from sport, I, I picked up the Bible and I kept reading God's word. I needed answers because I wanted out. Did, did you read the word because you were looking for hope? Were, were you angry? Were you curious? I wanted, I wanted to know why death, you know, why death had to be what death is. I wanted some knowledge of death. You see, most of us, we don't really deal with death until it comes to our home. And we don't do it well then. Yes. And so for me, I had no idea that this was going to happen. And it's like, you know, why would you do this to me? You know, not yep. uncommon for, uh, well, it's uncommon, but mm-hmm. it's it's more common that a husband will bury a wife, wife buries a husband. You might bury a child, but you buried five family members. Mm-hmm. And I needed, and I wanted, I wanted out. And so this word that all these people are talking about that I grew up with from an early age, you know, if God is who he say he is, he, he knew about that night. He had to have known. And so now we got good and evil. The guy who murdered my family, he had AIDS and he was dying. He didn't have long to live. He And so what did I do to him? You know, he's going down the street hitting people, you know. And and I, and I said, you know, what did I do? I, I thought about the inmates that I witnessed to and and I went out to Huntsville, Texas. One of the they've killed more people out there on death row in Huntsville, Texas, anywhere in the world. And I went out there and loved on these inmates, saying that God loves them, that He's a God of second chances. And a man comes up to me and told me he, because one of the things a lot of inmates do, they they keep saying you know that it was somebody else's fault. You know they don't want to own up to. Right. The truth. The truth is, is that, you know, they're guilty. And, and until, and my thing is, is to, is to get them to get, to own it. Yeah, to own up to it. And this man was so touched by the message that God poured through me. He comes up to me. He had to be like 75 years old, an elderly white man. He had tears in his eyes. He says, he says, son, he says, I did it. He said, I raped that little girl. Wow. He said, can God forgive me? Wow. And I had tears in my eyes, and I said, God can do it. And we prayed there. I, I told him, I, I may never see you again on this side of heaven, but I'll see you again. Mm. He he kept weapon. The CO comes up and snatch him. Time, time to go back to you. 
But then here am I thinking about these men, okay? And, you know, and God going to let this happen to me? Mm-hmm. And it's like, where's the, what? Where's the justice? Yes. And, and so for me, you know, the emotions were bombarding me. They were intense, but even to the point where I, I didn't even want to live. It's it's better, and I and I can understand that, not understand it, but I can, I can grasp or see why somebody wants to end their life. Did Did you consider taking your life? Yes, I did. Because of the guilt, because of the shame, pain, and the pain that would it was relentless. And where was God? Because I kept crying out, praying, but there was no answer. And so the pivotal moment, one of them was June 4th of 2008. And it was Ellie's birthday, my youngest. She was the first that I saw that night. And it's, it's like a picture. Bur- I can describe it now. It burned in my spirit. And so out of nowhere, it was like a huge, I mean, I was in Destin, Florida. I was talking to an individual that was talking about, you know, ministry, things that I could do, things he wanted to help me with. And out of nowhere, an overwhelming grief came over me. And I said, I got to go. And I left him. And I thought about just jumping off that Destin Bridge that day. There's a Mid-Bay Bridge that, that, that comes from Niceville over in the Destin. And I thought, just, just end it. End the pain. Yeah. But I ended up driving to Geneva, and I went to the gravesite where where Bronson and Ellen and Ellie where they're buried it. And it's where I bought an extra plot where I'm going to be buried beside them one day. And uh, and so my name's there. Too. And I laid there all night long, and I just cried to God. I said, take the pain away. I believe in you, mm-hmm. but I want the pain to go away. I just want to stop hurting. And it's the next day, I get this Bible. I read, I've read the Bible every day. And the next day, I'm reading 2 Second, Second Corinthians chapter 12. And this man named Paul is doing this. He's crying to God, asking him three times to take away this pain. Remove this thorn three times. God says no. no. He said, but my grace is sufficient. for." The, and that spoke to my spirit. Interesting. It spoke to my spirit. And I said, God's grace, I can get up when my when I want to just lay there. God's grace said, get up when I want when I want to just hide. God's grace says, come out. You know, it's the grace of God that even has me here speaking right now. It is His grace that says He's more than enough. Mm-hmm. And I and I can recall that was one moment. And the second moment, the second moment was was at, I was in. In that, in that bedroom, I was in my bedroom, and and Shelly, uh, I had made this this uh, pack with my daughter Shelly. Just her and me now, two people in this house, and it's it is so eerie. And all of the pictures, I I of nothing. I would not move anything. My wife's clothes, everything is is the exact same place. My son Bronson, all of his stuff, his baseball, his hat, his awards, his everything is in the same place. Nothing could be moved. Nothing. 
and 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 I got on my knees one night and I and I just cried in that bathroom. I said I wasn't gonna cry in front of Shelly anymore. Mm. But I got back there, I got back there by myself in my bathroom and then I just cried. And I, I said, God, I want to give up. And I said, whatever I've done, whatever I've done, and I said this, I prayed, I remembered the prayer. I said, God, even to the person that murdered my family, God, I forgive him. I forgive him, Lord. I don't know him. If he's in hell right now, God, I'll take his place. I mean, I prayed that. I prayed it. I prayed it, Pastor, because I want it. And then Shelly comes into the room. She said, Dad, stop crying. And I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop. And she, she just started crying. She walks out. And I said, and I remember I spoke Jesus. I said, Jesus, whatever. Whatever, Lord. How, how I old is Shelly at this point? She's, 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 she's turned five. Five? Wow. And, 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 he, and when I said that, there was an illumination in that bathroom. Mm. He, th- there was it, something happened. Something happened, and uh, I, I started getting back up. And I don't know how to explain that, except I believe that night was a total surrendering all, everything. Not, not you know, not being a church goer, not being a, you know. I surrender everything. It was, it was, it was, it, 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 that's what it was. And then I started, I started this, I started, you know, speaking the word of God, everything that God was speaking. I started speaking his word. I started believing somehow in, in, in restoration. I didn't know. I didn't, you know, I didn't, I, I see all these people like Job. You know, mm-hmm. he went through this stuff. He 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 despaired of life. He right. he he wanted to. You know, read about Jeremiah in a pit. He's crying. You know, he these these are mighty patriarchs. They are going even Christ Himself. Yes, he's at the ultimate breaking point in the Garden of Gethsemane. They are crying out to God, and yet they they're not hearing from God, but yet they are still going forward somehow. And so for me. I'm going to go forward. You and I were talking before um, about Second Corinthians. You mentioned chapter twelve. Uh, chapter one is always uh, I love it, mm-hmm. but it also kind of drives me crazy. <laughs> Where Paul talks mm. about the sufferings of Christ are ours in abundance, mm. so our comfort is abundant through Christ. If we're afflicted, it's for your comfort and salvation, or if we're comforted, it's for your comfort which is the which is effective in the patient enduring of the same suffering which we also suffer. Mm. Um, there's a verse here that mm. I don't have any clue what it means and I say that mm-hmm. you know I know it can, people could run with that but when when he writes um, you also join in helping us through your prayers so that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the favor bestowed on us through the prayers of many. Yes. So, Trent, how, how does prayer help in this situation? Because I, mm-hmm. I get the church speak, mm-hmm. and I get the all, I mean, for and I haven't been in your shoes, but mm-hmm. I've certainly been through grief and tragedy, and I've seen a lot of well-intentioned Christians say very stupid things to people Yes. in very difficult times. Yes. And sometimes there's no place for words. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just, 
the fellowship of the suffering. I'm going to sit there with you and put ashes on my head and say, I got no clue, but I love God and I love you. And let's just sit here together. But how, how does prayer help in this situation? Well, it's a mystery. But the scriptures say this in James 5 and 16. He says, confess your faults to one another and pray with one another so that you may be healed. There's a healing that's going to take place when we do this. When we just sit and we just love somebody. That's what you're talking about. I mean, you know, people said some some terrible things to me. Yes, they do. They said, why did I'm you? Sorry, I'm sorry for what they've said. As part yeah. of the church community, yeah. I apologize for yeah. some of the stupid things. You know, why would you ask somebody, why didn't you see the truck? Yeah. Why would you why would you ask that? Or but, a child who's dying of brain cancer yeah. and they say to the parents, You don't have enough faith. You know, Why you want to smack that? them. You want to just exactly. don't slap them. But he says, he goes on to finish that scripture. He says, The the prayers now of the righteous availeth much. Now, availeth much. I don't know what that word means well, in the Greek. Well but, one thing we can say is what we want it to availeth yeah. for your wife to come back to life. Mm-hmm. That's not what God had intended, Mm-mm. but is there a much, was there a result that he helped with you? There was because, because I got a, a right mind experience like, like the demoniac man that Jesus, when he went to the tombs <laughs> of Gadarene, you know, yeah, you're clothed he, in your right mind. Yeah. He, I had a right mind experience Good. at that, Good. you know? And, and, and so wait a minute, you know, you know, I am, a, you know, this side of heaven, you know, if I did my study about death and how it got in, you know, when Paul saying in Romans 8 and 18, he says, I reckon the suffering of this present time is not to be compared to the glory that's going to be revealed in us. Yes. So there's something else that's going to be revealed. I mean, my story even now here on this earth, God is writing it out. And so my story is not going to be just 11, 1907. And somehow what, when he say this, this scripture, the eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it been revealed in the heart, the things that God, you know, well, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what all God is going to do and restore, you know? Well, and, and so by faith, pastor, mm-hmm. I put it in that instead of, you know, what I've lost instead of instead of this these afflictions that you that you're talking about in 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 first I mean first Corinthians twelve yeah, and, yeah. and one you know I, instead of me like Paul is somehow saying he's thanking people for their prayers because their prayers they're they're doing something and I notice I know people praying for me. I know I did not. I'm not here. I didn't come out of that hell experience by myself. Something sustained you even in your darkest, darkest time. Yes. Now let's fast forward a a big, a big jump in time. Okay. First time I meet you, you have this beautiful woman by your side. Mm -hmm. She's pregnant. Yes, she is. And And now you're smiling. Yes. I'm going to be a father again. You know, 46 years old. And now I'm going to be a, a father again. You know, the fact that I got married in 2013 was a miracle. And that, that could be yeah. an entirely different program uh, yes. about what yeah. you've gone through. What yeah. kind of person would marry into that? 
because th- th- this is never going to go away. This is no. your story. Yes. There'll be grief. There'll be joy. There'll mm-hmm. be what ifs. Mm-hmm. There'll be mm-hmm. memories that are sweet. There'll be all those yeah. things you're going to, yeah. anybody yeah. goes through in grief yeah. times five for you. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yet she agreed to say, I'll, I'll be your wife. Yeah. She, I'll she bear did. your children. She did. She's an amazing woman. Jeannie Marie, she's an amazing person. She's, she's full of, she's full of God's spirit. You saw her. You, you, yes. She's, she's, she's the, the most graceful woman I've ever met in my life. She has a heart that is, I, I can't even describe. Uh, Someone who's listening to you and me, yes. um, they've got grief and pain and loss, and they don't have a happy ending. Mm-hmm. What would you tell them? Don't give up. Your story is still been right. It's still, it's still been written out. Don't give up. I got so close to giving up so many times. It didn't even make sense. It just did not make sense to read the Bible. It didn't make sense to go to church. It didn't make sense to even pray. To I can't even see this God and I'm praying. But you don't give up. You know, and, and I, of course, you've got a much stronger voice to say that than me. Mm-hmm. But I often tell people, you know, God's not mad at you if you don't read your Bible. God's not mad at you if you don't go to church. Yes. God, not, He's not mad at you if you withdraw. Totally I mean, agree. We can only handle so much pain. Yes, and we all mm-hmm. process differently. Yes, we do. And and to give people quote the permission to mm-hmm. say you don't have to put up the pretense of being a good Christian Mm-mm. and smiling and mm-hmm. counting it all joy, brother. And as Mm-mm. we count our various trials, mm-hmm. you can suffer, you can grieve. Yes, but but at some point. We want to encourage them to say, yes. he loves you. He does. And he cares about you. And he's not going to leave you there. No, he is not. He didn't leave me there. You know what? He heard Jonah in the belly of that, that, that great fish. And the Bible said that fish spew him out. That's so significant that, it, you know, he was, he said, I'm in hell. And so and we can go through hell. We can we can be in a hell type uh, uh, experience. But listen to me, you continue to pray. And like you said, you don't have to be a scholar. You don't have to be perfect. But you could understand that God is love. And if he loves you this much, he will bring you out. And he brought so many of all of us, so many other people. You look in just, you know, you don't have to get into the word. Just look around you at the miracles of people that are surviving from cancer, people that are surviving from divorce, people that young teenagers that somehow they rededicate their lives and they are getting the college degrees. And when they're mm-hmm. coming out of mm-hmm. juvenile prisons, let me tell you what, you can come out. That's what he put inside of me. He's putting the thing. I noticed without a shadow of a doubt, pastor, you know, when I go and stand in front of whomever, it's not so much as me speaking. It is God's spirit speaking through me. In spite of us. Yes. You know, I love mm-hmm. um, the, the Whitney Houston rendition of mm-hmm. the uh, he may not come when you want, want him to, to but come be there right, right on, on time. time. Yes, he will. And uh, it's, it's a great reminder that um, this world is not our home. It is not. This timeline is not ours, mm-hmm. and it's a life of faith, no matter uh, how we parse it. Amen. But Jesus says, I came so you can have life and life more abundantly. abundantly. And so he's given us abundant life. And, you know, 
Sir Ann Stacy, we could talk for a lot longer. Um, it, it's a privilege to have you. It's humbling to have you. Thank you. Thanks Pastor. for sharing it's your heart joy. today. Absolute joy to be here. And uh, pray for that new baby coming. Thank you. Please pray because <laughs> I'm going to be there. <laughs> Can't, wait. Yes. Can't wait. God bless you, sir. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Michael Easley in Context.